0: Not long ago, I received a letter in my P.O. box regarding information on Kenneth McKinney in the Justin Evans case. I think you'll find it pretty interesting. Now before I get into it, if you're wondering why the heck I'm standing up, it's because I had a little tobogganing accident and hurt my tailbone something fierce. And as my son says, well, mom, it's not like you're young anymore. So you may be seeing me like this for a little while until I can sit down again. Back to the case. Now as a quick recap, Kenneth McKinney is one of the people that Justin Evans was living with. He was living with Ken, Ken's wife Glenna, Ken's biological grandchild Bud and Bud's girlfriend Kiara. Now Ken was charged with obstruction of justice in this case. He lied to the authorities about his whereabouts on December 12, 2020, two days before Justin was reported missing. Ken said he was on a four day bender and he said he lied because he didn't want to reveal that he was drinking. Also, Ken was seen driving Kiera's vehicle at noon on Saturday, December 12th, which is the day he lied about. It's also notable that Ken denied driving Kiara's car. Interestingly, those four days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, are the days he said he was on a bender and are also the days that are the days in question surrounding Justin and his death. Now, through my work, I believe that Justin died on Friday. Saturday would be the alibi, and Monday was the reporting of Justin missing. Now, Ken was arrested on May 28th, a week after Justin was found nearby their home in a pond slash swamp area. Ken received six months house arrest and is only allowed outings on Saturday between 12 and 3 p.m., only to go get the necessities of life. He's not to consume alcohol either. Now, let's go to the letter. In the letter it states that Kenneth McKinney was a member of a motorcycle club called Satan's Choice. It was founded in 1965. Here's what Wikipedia says about Satan's Choice. Satan's Choice Motorcycle Club or simply Satan's Choice was a Canadian outlaw motorcycle club that was once the dominant outlaw club in Ontario and at the peak of its power in 1977, had 12 chapters based in Ontario with one in Montreal, Quebec. It grew to more than 400 members by 1970, making it the second-largest outlaw motorcycle club in the world, behind only the Hell's Angels. Now, it also says towards the end of the 1960s and into the 70s, the outlaw motorcycle club slowly developed into an organized crime group as a result of the large potential profits from criminal activities. While they were involved in a number of criminal activities that were typical for biker gangs, such as robbery, theft, assault and running prostitution rings, they were notably deeply involved in drug production and trafficking. The club operated a number of drug labs out of remote cabins in Northern Ontario, with production focusing especially on PCP and methamphetamines, better known in the area as Canadian Blue. Now, it also says that Satan's Choice members were the suspects in the murder of a Vancouver businessman believed to have been a case of murder for hire. Now, something else that's interesting is they had a little, I guess, playbook or plan. It says one former satan choice member cecil kirby wrote in his 1986 memoirs mafia enforcer that satan's choice members specialized in seducing the female clerks who operated the ontario provincial police's computers and were always willing to share information from the computers with their boyfriends kirby stated that there was one clerk who had access to the most classified information and it says in this book, club members carried her number in their wallets. If a member was worried about the cops, all he had to do was call her number and she'd access the police computer to see if there were any warrants on him. When we spotted a rival gang member, we'd also use her to see if there were any outstanding fugitive warrants on him. If there were, we'd have someone in the club call up the cops and tip them off where the rival was and who was with them. It was a good way of avoiding trouble and getting rid of rival gang members. We could also check out Anybody's criminal record through that computer this helped us spot people trying to infiltrate us from rival gangs or the cops now Let's go to the letter in the 80s Ken McKinney was the sergeant in arms for the Satan's choice this position only answers to the president of the club He was always somewhat of a loose cannon with his excessive alcohol and drug abuse. He was also responsible for organizing everything from advising other chapters when they were coming through the district to approving the disposal of certain people who had crossed, disrespected, encroached, or maybe just ticked a member off. And as is said in the letter, Ken had the role of sergeant in arms, and this position only answers to the president of the club. The president is typically the founder of the club. Here's what it also says about the role of sergeant of arms. As ruthless as they may appear to outsiders, even motorcycle clubs have rules. And someone has to look tough enough to enforce these rules, the sergeant at arms. Consider this position as the group's single-person police department. They maintain the rule of law within the club at all times, make sure members follow proper procedures, and generally keep a watchful eye on members. If a member breaks a rule or jeopardizes the club's standards or protocols, the sergeant-at-arms reports the behavior to the oversight community and strips members of their patches and colors if they exit the group. Security issues fall to the sergeant-at-arms as well. They see to it that the group is safe, which involves protecting the gang's weaponry. Now, it also mentions in here that taking care of business was very much like how Justin Evans was eliminated. And it's also noted that the way of Justin's uh, death or murder, I should say, would be made to look like an accident or suicide. And the letter also mentions that you leave no loose ends. Also... It has information here that it says the dashing of Justin's body and dumping him later is another part um, or way that it is handled within these, this club. And as I go through it, it says there are four OPP in the Bracebridge area that is said to be on the payroll of this club. And this club was actually turned into Hell's Angels, or H.A., in the year 2000. So they were disbanded. Basically, they patched over to Hell's Angels in December 29th of 2000. This would also be just after uh, the time when Devin McKinney, who's Ken's grandson biologically, who we also call Bud McKinney, um, that's when he was born, before just before 2000 is my understanding. And Ken ended up adopting Bud, and that's why Bud calls him dad. Now, here's what's interesting. When I was viewing Ken's court hearing before he was sentenced to house arrest, Ken's previous criminal history came up in court. And between the years of 1969, which Ken would be 18 years old around the time, And 1999, which is the year before Satan's Choice disbanded, the court stated that he had a fairly consistent criminal record from 1969 until 1999. And he was charged with theft, assault, failure to comply. He spent 60 days in jail and he also had a 10 year weapons prohibition. Now in 2011, he was charged with impaired driving and had a $1,500 fine and one year suspension. So this matches with the time of Satan's choice the information that I've received and the charges that Ken had between those dates. So he's known for breaking the rules and for lying and why lie about Saturday's whereabouts? You know, if if it's no big deal. Like why are you lying? And It was said in court that Bud came clean to the officers and said that Ken wanted him to lie for him. Now, Kiera's car is a little bit of a mystery. Why, if you're doing a four day bender, why are you driving your son's girlfriend's vehicle and how'd you get the keys? Did you just take the keys? Does she just leave it somewhere? I'm sure you're watching you could answer this and um, what happened why did he use Kiara's car now I heard this very early on the chitter chatter about Ken driving the car and I didn't um, I had no way to confirm it however the confirmation came in court that he did indeed drive the car even though he denied it initially now why do you completely have a 4-day bender, um, the exact 4 days that's in question regarding Justin? I have information and through a lot of hours and a lot of work that Justin most likely died on Friday. You can check out the videos below, particularly where uh, about his phone and his audible and through behind the scenes as well i believe it was friday and i believe saturday was alibi day and there's a reason why ken's lying now also in this letter it mentions how much of a joke it would be for the slap in the wrist that ken mckinney got which wasn't much six months and he you know impeded the investigation now what's interesting and most of you know if you know this case you know uh he was found justin was found in may and in december was when he was killed but miraculously he was found in may even though the opp said initially they searched the swamp and then they said they didn't search the swamp however i have a picture of a helicopter over top of that swamp so the loaded question here still is was justin moved to that swamp or was he there before And is that where uh, the car was heading that day, on Saturday at noon? Also to be noted, Ken McKinney was offered a polygraph, but declined. What are your thoughts about this new information? It does line up. I have had a few different uh, conversations where it's true that Ken was in Satan's Choice. And I'm very curious about the OPP connections to Hells Angels and how that plays about, because there's a pretty big push for Justin Evans to have committed suicide. Now, one of the things in the letter that has me very interested as well is talking about how taking care of business in the club was very similar or exact exact same way as Justin Evans was eliminated. The other thing that was very interesting um, about not leaving loose ends. Now, I'm curious about this because it makes me think about Lucas the neighbor. Lucas Albinus. And he was the neighbor that was buddies with Justin. But he died last January. Only three weeks after justin was killed so i have some questions on that too did he see something and also where it says you know the way it would be done of course is to make it look like an accident or suicide so these are the questions i have in lucas's case no one has stepped forward to uh, come onto the channel they're welcome to to talk about lucas and uh, to air it out because there's lots of questions about that but it makes me wonder about that is there more to this than just ken mckinney lying and who else knows about it and who's helping him one more thing i would like to uh, point out is there was an event we'll say it was an event that happened where the opp was called And there was a concern as to what Ken's actions were right after he was um, on house arrest. Okay, I'm I'm not going to say anything quite yet, but there was something that was a phone call was made and it was uh, very important. However, the OPP didn't find it important to follow up on. And that could have been, I will say this, that could have been something pertaining to evidence potentially however again it wasn't that important to the opp to follow up so i do have some questions also i will say that there are various connections to kiera to uh, bud and and ken in terms of the opp kiera's father actually has uh, a person in human resources that works with the opp so i had wondered for the longest time how did kiera know not that i'm saying it's this person but i'm wondering how kiera knew things two days before things were happening publicly and i had started to wonder what connections they know or who they know whether it was on bud's side ken's side kiera's side but it's true there are connections and i think we're at the count of three or four people so far i'm just saying things are a little sketchy and i will be doing more videos so let me know what really stumps you the most let me know in the comments below and we'll have a conversation please subscribe if you haven't done so already please like this video and don't forget to share it out let's catch the killer thank you so much for watching see you soon ken received six months health sick can received 6 months health r-